Welcome to Life Church Podcasts. We know you'll be blessed by this message. I, uh, I got to say, I'm very thankful for my kids, and I, I trust you are very thankful for your kids um, too. But uh, I get blessed when I see what they do. And uh, get blessed when I see what your kids do too. <laughs> but uh, I can think of younger days and um, some of the fights, and some of the some of the dramas, you know. And you think, "Wow, is that them?" <laughs> and uh, yeah, I can remember telling Christy, "We leave for church at this time." And if you are not ready, I will put you in the car and take you anyway. I don't care if you've got your pyjamas on or you're half-dressed. I'm sick of you. remember just, yeah, doing a face and painting. And it was, we need to be gone. Can't wait. Yeah. We had a few altercations, didn't we? Yeah. But I had the car keys. So, yeah, guess who won? <laughs> Praise God. Hey, um, it's interesting, uh, as you get older, what you think's funny sometimes, isn't it? I, I just thought I would read you something before I preach this morning, and uh, uh, once I would have thought, oh, that's, you know, but now it's funny for me. <laughs> it says this, I've gotten to the age where I need my false teeth and my hearing aid on, before I can ask where I left my glasses. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. I, I mowed the grass about a week ago here at the church and I have, I've got little earplugs, you know, the, they've got a plastic thing that go behind your neck and, and I, I put them on to go and mow and the phone rang, so I answered the phone and then I took nearly an hour looking for these just what I said, where? I sat here at the phone and they're not in the car. And I thought, Lord, where have they gone? And I went to scratch me neck and I thought, oh my goodness. <laughs> sad, isn't it? It's sort of sad, but anyway, praise God. Hey, have you got a Bible today? If you want to follow along, I'm going to start. Message today in Genesis chapter 28. Who knows about Jacob? Hey, who knows the story of Jacob? Jacob who became Israel, great man of God. But at the beginning, uh, there were a few questions after his name. And, uh, but let, let's read some of the, uh, the scripture this morning. Uh, Genesis chapter 28, uh, verses 10 and 11 to begin with. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and lay down in that place to sleep. So obviously I'm reading an older version of the scripture, but he's used a stone to get his head up somewhere level 
It's hard to sleep on your side if your head's not level, isn't it? If your head goes doing, you sort of wake up all night, so he's got his head level. And if you've ever complained about a, a hard pillow, well, um, remember Jacob. He had a pretty hard one that night. And, uh, but it was a lot of his own doing. We understand he was, uh, he told lies, he was deceptive, he deceived uh, uh, his father and blatantly lied to him uh, and it upset his brother no end to the point where his brother had threatened to kill him so he had to run away. And so his father told him, you need to get out of here, it's not safe, this is where you need to go, so off he went. And uh, so, you know, because of his lying and deception, he was in a very lonely, uh, very dangerous place on this night. Uh, dangerous just for the sake of wild animals when you're by yourself in a place like that was a danger. And uh, I don't know that there was road maps and signs and I guess he had to sort of find his way and uh, he's out there by himself didn't know what the future held. And I guess when he lay down that night to start and sleep, he probably felt the God of his father Abraham, the God of his father Isaac, his grandfather Abraham, his father Isaac, was a million miles away. You reckon he might have felt that when he laid down that night? You reckon he might have reflected back over some of the things he'd done? and thought back over them. I don't know that he was in a terrible good place when he laid down to sleep that night. But, as is often the case, God revealed himself to Jacob when he was at a very low point in his life. Who's ever you know, found that that's the way it's been? Um, sometimes when we're doing what we think as well, we're not open to hear God like we should, are we? And uh, we can often end up in places that are very low. But uh, thank God he comes when we're at a low point. He comes at any time, but he's not gone then either. And he's always there to lift us up. So uh, we, we uh, continue to read verse 12, and it, it goes like this, Then he dreamed... And behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants." So essentially this was a dream in which uh, heaven was open to an Old Testament saint. Heaven wasn't open as we know it, as we understand it under the Old Covenant. But here was an occasion where God has reached down to a man whom he wanted to use and heaven opened for a bit and he just in a dream saw different things. And... Uh, uh, I, I really, um, uh, I'll read on a little bit because God said some great, gave some great promises to um, Jacob. 
But uh, we've got to understand under the old covenant, heaven wasn't open like it is now to the new covenant believer. But God spoke to him and, uh, and said, also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south, and in you and in your seed all the families of the earth will be blessed. We understand that is prophetic of Jesus who was to come through the line of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and so forth. And uh, certainly being fulfilled, we're blessed today because of that, aren't we? And uh, uh, verse 15, Behold, I am with you, and I'll keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. Who's ever found the same thing in your life? You know, you, you just, you're going through something, or you're, you're working somewhere, or you, you know, um, just, uh, you know, I, I can't think of a, a, a clear example off the top of my head, but we can often be in a place and you think, oh, what a messy place this is, and I remember working one day in a place that was a horrible place to work, and I thought, oh, I hate working here. And uh, uh, it was a horrible job and the, the situation was horrible and the bloke who was running the job was horrible and it just wasn't the best place you could be in. And I just remember God starting to speak to me, you know, as I was working. I thought, this is crazy. Even when it's bad, God's good and God's here, you know. And so there's often times we can find something unwinds itself and we find out that God's been working all the way along through the whole thing. And uh, I love the way God works, amen? I really love the way God works. And so essentially in Jacob's dream he sees this ladder. Um, some say it was more like a staircase. I don't really care. It was a, it was a bridge between earth and heaven. And uh, there were angels ascending, and there were angels coming back down the ladder. And he saw the Lord God at the top, in heaven. He, he saw him. He, he had a dream of him. And uh, it, was, it was a dream, but it woke him. Who's ever had a dream that's woken you up? And uh, uh, he, he woke up and, uh, and realized the Lord was in this place, and then, so he, he, made some, um, uh, he made some promises to God as well. Uh, when we get revelation from God, we need to respond to that revelation. And Jacob certainly did that, and uh, praise God. But I, I, I really just wanted to uh, talk about the open heaven, just that brief in, in the dream that Jacob had. And I think next time I preach, I probably want to come back and talk a bit more about Jacob and his responses to God. Excuse me. But um, I want to go to the New Testament, the Gospel of John, and I want to talk about uh, something that happened there which is linked to the dream that Jacob had. And I want to begin in John's Gospel, chapter 1. And just to set a scene and uh, come to the verse, I want to begin reading at verse 43. It says, The following day Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, 
and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no guile, no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, teacher that means, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Do you believe in me because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. I was reading that the other day, and I wasn't really uh, uh, intent on preaching on the subject of an open heaven uh, today. But I read that and and something just started stirring in my heart and I thought there's more going on here with Nathaniel than what you first see. It wasn't just, this is not just about the call of one man to follow Jesus, become a disciple of Jesus. There's more going on here. And I just kept looking at it and um, there's one verse I still haven't read, but uh, there's more going on here and... and, uh, and so I started uh, reading all I could about Nathaniel, and there's not much in Scripture about him. Uh, the Synoptic Gospels call him Bartholomew. Bar means son of, so he's the, the son of Tholomew, whoever that was. And uh, his probably given name was Nathaniel. Uh, only John calls him Nathaniel. And uh, so when you read in the other Gospels, and it lists the disciples come apostles, uh, Bartholomew is the man we're talking about. And so read all I could about him and there is early ch- uh, church r- history and there is uh, writings of the very first century where some of the disciples and apostles uh, were uh, mentioned, etc., etc. And it seems that this man, Nathaniel, was a man of the word, that he was very well learned in the Old Testament scrolls he knew the the writings of moses the law and the prophets and uh, so he, he had a bit of knowledge and so uh he would have known the old testament said that the messiah the one who would come would be born in bethlehem is that not right the child will be born in bethlehem the child will be born in bethlehem there are sev- several prophetic scriptures from the old that predict where Messiah, where Jesus would be born. And so uh, when Philip said to him, hey, uh, Nathaniel, come, Uh, we found the one who was promised. We found the one whom Moses in the law and the Old Testament prophets have, have written about. We found him. It's Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. And he's thinking, well son of a man, Joseph, coming from Nazareth. This is not from Bethlehem. This doesn't sound right. Um, That's why he said 
to Philip, well, can anything good, the Messiah's good, can, we, can anything good, could Messiah come out of Nazareth? And Philip said, come and see. And uh, so, so I'm not really uh, preaching on this so much, but you've got to respond to that, you know, by saying we've got to be really careful that we don't let our thinking or, how could I put it, our prejudices that we may have, and, and we can have prejudices, <laughs> we can, and, and we've got to be careful that they do not stop us from receiving what God's got for us. Because it can happen, can't it? It can happen like you wouldn't believe it can happen. And uh, sometimes, you know, Pentecostals can think we're very elite because we've received baptism in the Holy Spirit and I, I love it. It's the most important personal gift that I have and I, 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 I just love that. I couldn't bear life without that. But it doesn't mean that saved people are not as good as we are, you know. We've got to have our thinking right. And uh, we can miss. I, I recall the late David Cartledge. He was, uh, some of you probably never heard of David. He was a uh, very well-known minister in the Assembly of God days. Uh, I think he's been gone probably uh, 10 years or, or so now. But he was an incredibly powerful passionate preacher of the gospel and um, uh, Rima Bible College in Townsville David founded that and began a work up there and he was an amazing man but when the Toronto blessing broke out he was just totally against it and uh, he didn't he didn't he reckons they were pushing people over and all this stuff wasn't right how he liked it and his wife said well I, I'm go, I want to go and have a look and she went to Toronto and come back and she was a changed lady. God just really revealed himself in a new way to her and she was just, wow. And he could not deny that something very powerful had happened to his wife. So she talked him into going to Toronto. Heard this great message. And so he responded to that. And a lot of thousands, hundreds, you know, I don't know, there was a big place and there was a lot of people responded. So he responded. And then he said, the thing that I just really hate happened. He said, this girl with long red hair, not that he was against red-haired girls, but came along with the prayer team that was, you know, and, and I could see what was happening. She was, I was going to get her. And he didn't like men praying for ladies or ladies praying for men. He liked... He was just very sad. I don't know why. It's not scriptural, but he just, you know, I pray for ladies here. I have no issue with that, and I have no issue from ladies praying with men. If they're ministering what the Holy Ghost says, I'm happy. So, But he was all, you know, and he said she flicked her hair back out the road and laid hands on him. And he said, I just was really uptight, and I was angry that I'd got a girl. And then she said, hmm. We've got a cynical pastor from Australia here, have we? And he said, just what you know, And he said, I just blew him away. And then he said, man, I just knew what would happen. She tried to push me over. He said, I closed my eyes and she was pushing me. So he said, I put one foot back like this. And he, and he didn't say to her, but he said, you're not pushing me over. And this seemed to go on. And he said, I couldn't believe the power this girl had. 
She was pushing me and I could feel her fingers in my chest, pushing. And he said, in the end, I'd had enough. I was going to tell her I am a pastor from Australia and I deserve more respect than you trying to push me over. So I opened my eyes and there was no one anywhere near me. All the prayer team were way down the back of the building. Everyone was lying on the floor and he said, I could just feel these hands pushing me. And he said, oh, God, forgive me. And he said, I don't know how I got on the floor, but I ended up there. And God revealed himself very powerfully to David. But our prejudice sometimes, and I'm just not talking about that. I mean, there are so many different ways. You know, there are probably things we could refuse thinking, well, that's not where I want to be. It might be the very place God wants us to be. You know? Like I remember a guy who worked in a really dark place and just prayed, Lord, get me out of here, get me out of here. And finally he was able to hear God one day saying, I've put you here. I want light shining here. I've put you here to shine light, not, to, not for you to get out of here. And so he realised his best way out of there was starting to be what God had called him to be. But we've got to watch that. Our prejudice do not uh, stop us from receiving what uh, God has for us. This is what I believe God is wanting us to get from the word regarding the call of Nathaniel. I've read lots. I just feel God has showed me this. I, I could be wrong. I'm not saying God told me this, but I, I believe he has revealed this to me. I believe Jesus moving in the spirit saw Nathaniel under the fig tree before Philip ever spoke to him. What was he doing under the fig tree? Good question. I'm glad you asked me that. I believe he was reading from an Old Testament scroll. I really do. I, I believe he was reading, or he at least knew about his ancestor Jacob, and he knew about the ladder reaching from earth to heaven. And, and I believe he'd been reading that, and, and maybe he's even thinking about Messiah who was to come. I, don't, I can't prove that. Maybe he was. Maybe he wasn't. I, I think perhaps he was. And uh, he knew the scriptures that said Jacob was a supplanter. He was a, he was a, a deceiver when he started off. He didn't start off on good footing, did he? And um, uh, he knew that. So, uh, and he knew himself to be an honest man. And, uh, and I think he probably, this is just my imagination now. I'm not saying God showed me this, but I wonder if he didn't think, I'm an honest man. And I've never seen anything like Jacob saw. And he was a deceiver. And, and, you know, when he started out, we know he changed and he would know that God had changed Jacob and he become Israel because he knew that. But I just think maybe he thought, I'm an honest man and I haven't seen what Jacob's seen. And then, uh, so when uh, Jesus said to him, you're an Israelite and there's no deceit in you, whoa. Like, that got his attention like nothing else. And then uh, Jesus said to him in verse 50, you'll see greater things than these. And then in verse 51, Jesus continued on, most assuredly I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Aha. So there we connect the open heaven. And Nathaniel would instantly, when Jesus said that to him, he would have thought of Jacob's dream, wouldn't he? Obviously, he would have thought of that. 
He knew about that. And when Jesus said, angels ascending, descending, Jacob, he would have thought about that straight away. And, uh, you know, Jacob dreamed and saw briefly in open heaven. He saw, he saw vision of the Lord in his dream. Uh, most certainly he did that. But I believe Jesus was revealing to Nathaniel that he and all New Testament believers who were to come, even us, I believe Jesus was revealing that we would know an ongoing reality of being able to open heaven through, by grace through prayer. And we can. We can come right into the throne room of God. I think he's the first man that God started to reveal that too, way back when he first called his disciples. Don't hear of him doing anything. There's no record of him particularly. Um, uh, we read a lot about Peter and maybe John. Uh, Andrew, we know, uh, went and got his brother. Uh, but it's interesting how Jesus called someone and they, called, they went and told someone else. Like it's, that's how the gospel should happen, isn't it? They didn't call them to a meeting. They just went and told them, hey, I found Jesus, I found the Messiah. Really? Come and have a look. <laughs> you know, it's just, that's the way it's really supposed to work. And I find that fascinating. But um, uh, it's interesting. Jacob saw Jesus standing at the top of a ladder. But Jesus has now become the ladder. Jesus said, you'll see greater than this. He said, you'll see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He, he's become the bridge between earth and heaven through his blood shed on the cross. Uh, you often see little pictures when... Uh, we've got a little uh, booklet we give to people who give their lives to Christ and it's got a, uh, like a big cliff and, and uh, you've got to get over the other side and there's no way to get over it. But the cross lies across the top and you can walk across the cross. Great way of showing it. Jesus has bridged earth to heaven. And it's not every so many years someone might get some glimpse. And, and I probably need to say this too. Um, I believe people can have visions of heaven today. No problems. Where God reveals things unique and beautiful. Uh, I, I don't say that we cannot, uh, don't need or don't have dreams. Uh, that can certainly be um, where we see incredible things. That can still happen. But I'm saying essentially heaven is not then sealed up. It's open through prayer. By grace we can avail ourselves of the resources of heaven on a, on a daily basis. Like, that's, that's where we live, in, we stand in grace, which I think is an incredible thing. And uh, angels minister to us, do they not? Uh, scripture tells us angels minister to the heirs of salvation. Uh, I don't know what angels do and what they don't do. I'm aware of angels here this morning. I know when we worshipped, I know what I could see. And I, I, um, I don't know what they do, but they're on mission. They're on, uh, who knows what they do. I know uh, Mark Bateman, who remembers Mark? Mark's doing good. Uh, he's had his birthday a couple of weeks ago, so he's now as old as me. So he calls me the old man because my birthday's in June. So I'm only older than him until October, and then it squares up. But uh, he, he, he was uh, chaplaining on a 
a rally at Mount Buller one day and um, and uh, he just prayed when he prayed for the drivers at the start of the race and he doesn't read it, he just prays. And he said, Lord, I just pray today that you would send your angels to help anyone that needs help. And this, this uh, bloke who uh, was driving a Porsche and he had his wife as a navigator and... Um, uh, I, I couldn't do that. My wife would be telling me to slow down, not go faster. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, it went over the edge going up Mount Buller and it just was a, just a huge drop. But the car hit a little tiny bush and just stayed there and no one could work out how the car stayed there. And they called Mark and they, the couple were hurt in the rollover and... They had, a, they had to get a crane to try and hook onto the car and it was dangerous and everyone's scared the car's going to go. And uh, Mark uh, was taken down to talk to them. They were beside themselves in the car, but he just had vision of an angel there just holding the car. And after they got him out, then the car went. And uh, I, I don't know, you know, like uh, angels are still here today. I have no problem about that. And... They ascend and they descend, and I, I, I understand all that, but we can ascend by prayer into the throne room. Amen? It's a different dimension. We have both. We've got angels and we've got the Holy Spirit. We've got the gifts of the Spirit. We've got so much going for us. But uh, Jesus is now the, the bridge, the, the, the ladder, if you like, between earth and heaven. Do you know that he intercedes for us? That, that means, in simple English, he prays for us. Can you believe that? That the God we serve prays for us? Like, how awesome is that? I never heard that any God of any other religion prays for the people they don't even know. You know, like, what, what an incredible faith we have. That Jesus, who gave his life to save us, prays for us all the time. Intercedes for us. Uh, Romans 8.33, Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Excuse me, it is God who justifies, who is he who overcomes. It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God who makes intercession for us. So he's not up there cross or saying, oh, I hope they don't make it and then I'll really get him. That's just not what God's doing. He's praying for us. When we're not doing so good, I want you to know that he intercedes for us. It's great to have friends and, and church family who will pray when we need prayer. That's awesome, but it's awesome to know that Jesus intercedes for us as well. Amen? Absolutely incredible. When you're praying for people to get saved, you know, uh, Hebrews 7.25, therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost. That's that's interesting. That word's in there, isn't it? It's not, not able just to just save people by the skin of their teeth. Just no, he's able to save to the uttermost, like incredibly save uh, those uh, who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. So when we're praying for people who aren't saved, I want you to know and remember today that he's interceding for them as well. Amen. He's not willing that any should perish. Praise God. Isn't he an awesome God? Ah, oh, man, absolutely incredible. I've spoken today of Jacob. 
who become Israel, used by God, are spoken of Nathaniel, a sceptical Israelite, an honest one at that, who came to Jesus and believed, becoming an apostle. Uh, but I want to speak about you today because uh, it's great having all the information about saints of old, women, men, whoever. But what about us today? God wants to use us. And I, I, I'm just looking for the day when I hear amazing things. I was telling everyone on last night about something awesome that happened, the, the, the lady at the checkout and and someone paid for her groceries and just was all tears of joy and everything else and and the lady came from Life Church and I like hearing things like that, you know, God's using people to do things but, oh man, I, I just want more of God, amen? I just want awesome things, I just, yeah, praise God because we can have that, we can know that I don't care that Benalla's only a town of whatever I, God doesn't care about that can anything come from Nazareth? Well, yeah, it can. Amen. Like, you know, I don't care what start people have got. <clears throat> makes no difference. Praise God. So God can use us. And uh, uh, who would like to have uh, been a first apostle that Jesus called? Who reckon that would be a good deal? I'm glad you haven't put your hands up. I'm glad you haven't put your hands up because... Uh, I read about these things a bit, and um, and so when Nathaniel or Bartholomew, whatever you want to call him, uh, it doesn't say much in the Bible about him, but he got to go and preach the gospel in India, and then he was preaching what we would call Turkey today in Armenia, and uh, he got martyred there because he wouldn't stop preaching the gospel, and. Uh, I know it's not so long before lunch and uh, I don't want to, uh, if you're a bit squeamish or whatever, but he was flayed to death. In other words, he was skinned alive and because of his faith in Christ, he was an incredible man. Amen? But he was just a man. He wasn't any bigger or better or stronger or faster or slimmer or fatter than we are, you know. He was just a man who came at Philip's invitation, come and have a look. And Jesus used him. I don't know how many thousand people, who knows how many people got saved out of his preaching. There's a lot happened outside scripture we don't know about. But God could do that through us. A little skinny kid called Billy Graham gave his life to the Lord, didn't he, in a crusade and a tent evangelist, and guess who went around doing evangelism all over the world, making a huge difference, amen? Like incredible stuff, and uh, God could use you. And, and you know, I, I was thinking, like God just uses people we wouldn't, I'm sure. Like, like uh, I can understand, do you, do you have sympathy with Jesse, David's father? Like, the next king of Israel is going to be one of your sons. Bring him in here, and God will tell me that I'm going to anoint him. Well, of course you'd bring the big fellas out, wouldn't you? Muscles and, yeah, strutting out like, yeah, hey. 
Um, I, I can understand why he did that. The little fellow that's still a kid and he's out with the sheep, why would you bring him in? He's not ready to be king yet, but he didn't know the purposes of God. But I can understand why he did that, you know. And uh, so, um, and, and I was reading the other day about the revival in Azusa Street. And uh, 1906, and a group of people just hungry like we are after more of God. And they didn't have baptism in the Holy Spirit. They didn't have the gifts of the Spirit. They were told that it all ceased way, way, way back, etc., etc. And But they knew there had to be something else, and they were hungry for God, and they were seeking God. And guess who God has as the leader of the group? A man by the name of William J. J. Seymour. And you know what? He was an African-American. He was a black man. And there is such prejudice against them. Like, you know, even weeks ago, a, a, a policeman pumps five shots into a black kid. Not one, five. Bang, bang, bang. They don't do it to white kids. There is still an ongoing prejudice against black people. And it's evil, folks, I tell you. God so loved the world, Stacey spoke about today. The world is everyone. Colour of skin makes no difference. Everyone is the same. You're not a different person when you get sunburned, are you? For goodness sake, like it's crazy. But, but he's got... Why, why didn't he appoint a well-known black businessman, uh, I mean white businessman or someone who was uh, entrepreneurial? He, he's just got a man who's got a heart hungry after God. What we are, who we are makes no difference. And he did an incredible job. God moved and what we have today came through that outpouring in Azusa Street, 1906. So God could use you. Amen? Do you believe God could use you? I'm, I'm telling you, God could use you. Incredibly, God could use your children. I think some of you today are probably a bit frustrated when my kids grow up, I can do this. Well, you just you work on your kids. Don't rush those years. They go too quick. You just keep pouring whatever you got into your children. Who knows what they could be? Seriously, we live in a dark day in our nation, I'm telling you. But God wants to raise up people who shine the light real bright. Could be you, it could be our kids, I don't know who. But God will use us if we're available. Amen? And we have the same powerful gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have an open heaven, amen? Praise God. I just know there's no boundaries to what God can do. You know, Pam and I gave three cars away to people. And I'm not saying that to me, I'm just, you know, I, I'm just as an example, but we've been given three cars. You know what I mean? Like God, it just, the word of God works. You know, by faith we can, we can go into the throne room, we can pray for our kids. I was nearly crying with Stacey doing communion today because I can remember as a little girl some of her struggles. I love her mum like you wouldn't believe. She's been an incredible mum to her. She was there every time that little girl needed whatever, wasn't she, eh? But um, I just know what God can do. So we just got to keep on keeping on, amen? 
But close your eyes today. I just, uh, I, I want to pray. I, I will minister, or the uh, we'll get our ministry team to minister if you want specific prayer, if you want to respond after. But I just know God has shown me that increasingly in our meetings, people are going to get healed. People are going to find answers, and it's going to happen in the worship. It's going to happen through the meeting more than what will happen at the end. And I, I believe I will see that day. So I'm going to pray for you now. But close your eyes and just, because that's just to give people privacy today. I, I, people need that. But if you just sing, yeah, Lord, I'd, and if you feel you're not much, that's even more important just to put your hand up and down if you want God to use you, because he will. Just up and down, that's all you got. Yeah, you can see the hands. And if you feel you're, you're no good or whatever else, well, that's even more reason to pick it up because I tell you what, he'll use you. Absolutely, he will use you. You don't have to have a degree in theology. You don't have to be able to recite your, your Bible all the way through forwards and backwards. You just don't have to be able to do anything like that. If you will just love Jesus and read your Bible and pray, he will use you like you wouldn't believe. I've heard people say silly things. What they thought were silly things to people because they didn't really know too much of what they were doing. And someone's heard it and they've come and got saved out of it. God's able to use, you know what I mean? Like, I've often said things, I think, yeah, I don't know why I said that. And then I found out that God really blessed someone by what I said. And I thought, well, I suppose that's why I said that. You know what I mean? God can use you. Who needs healing today? Who needs physical healing today? Yeah, yeah, several of you. Let's pray now. Let's pray believing right now that God will touch you today where you are. Oh God, there's no distance to you. Hallelujah. Oh God, you're a healing God, Holy Spirit. You're a healing spirit. Right where you sit today, God's touching you right now. Just, just receive by faith. Just open your life, open your, like open your body, open your arms, do something and just say, Lord, I receive that healing into my body today in the name of Jesus. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Just receive it. Praise God. Someone gives you a present, you open it, don't you? Is that right? If someone gives you a Christmas present or a birthday present or just buys you a present, you open it. You don't think, well, I've got to have prayer before I can open it. And then I have to write a letter acknowledging the gift, and I'll have to. You'd never open the thing, would you? If someone gives you a present, you open it. Open it. Anne gave us a gift one day. Open it up, and it was a blood pressure monitor. I thought, oh, well, there you go. Every time I open it, I think and pray for Pam, for Pam, for Pam, for Anne. And uh, I could still be waiting on God to receive it. You know what I mean? You get a present, you open it. The cross has been. Just receive it today. Just receive it today. Praise God. 
think you've got to come out in front of church and get prayer and hands laid on to receive baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that's okay. It happens like that. have no issue with that at all. I'd like a dollar for every person I've heard that's been baptised in the Holy Spirit when they're driving along in their car. I knew a man who was just hungry after God. He'd been to church a couple of times and he'd come to a conclusion that somehow God must be a way forward for him. He, that's the only way he could express how he felt. He didn't know how to get saved or anything, but he just felt that somehow God would be his way forward. His marriage wasn't good. His relationship was not in, not in good stead. And so he just prayed, well, I don't know, God, who you are or what you are, but I, I, I just... I just somehow think I need you, I think it's you I need. So can you get saved praying that? Well, I think you can. And so he went, had to go to Sydney on business, he's coming home from Sydney, and he thought he'd had some sort of a mental breakdown because he was talking in this funny language all the way home. And he didn't know and he couldn't stop, and he thought, I've lost it, I've gone mental. And someone told him about a pastor in Wodonga, Warren McMartin. So before he even went home to his wife, he, he, um, he must have been able to get English out a bit because he phoned the church and said, could I see the pastor? He told him what happened. He said, I'm driving home from Sydney and I've got this funny language and I'm, I can still do it, he said. Speaking in tongues. God can do things anyway. Amen. It doesn't have to happen like we think it might have to happen. He wants to use you, folks wants to use you. Praise God. We singing something? Just quick. Why don't you stand today? Why don't you stand? If you, if you particularly want personal prayer today, um, uh, got some ministry team people here. Uh, you come out while we're singing the song, but we'll close when we finish this. Thanks, guys. to praise God, isn't it? Yeah. What are we going to do in eternity, millions of years from now? What will we be doing? Well, I know we'll still be praising God. Amen? We'll always be doing that.
praise his name. You're an awesome bunch of people. Did you know that? A bunch, group, selection. I don't know what to call you. Yeah. You're our kids, aren't you, hey? Belong here. Even a heartbroken Holden fan over there. No V8 Holdens anymore, just tinny opals from Germany, eh, with six-cylinder motors. Dear me. Yeah. Hey, don't, don't stop seeking God because you go, folks. I, I, I know time's up and I'm, I've gone to tag over it. I, I just know God's doing something in some of your hearts. If you want prayer, please come. I'll sit up here and... And you're free to go and fellowship and coffee and just make sure you introduce yourself to someone you don't know before you go. Can you do that for me? And you might, you know, and, and if there's no one you don't know, then introduce yourself to someone whom you haven't spoken to for a long time. There's, yeah, just, hi, how are you? Yeah. Isn't it awesome that we live under an open heaven? Say that. Yeah, praise God. And uh, if you need to come, you come. If you don't, that's fine. But uh, God bless you, okay? You've been listening to Life Church Podcasts. For more information, head to lifechurchbanella.com.au.